Oh God, do not remain quiet. Welcome back to Hackberry House, a podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted church in North Korea. My name is Bob. This is podcast number 562. It is September 3rd and 4th. This is our weekend edition, 2016. Today we're revisiting Mr. Kenneth Bay, telling some other older North Korean stories. According to the Christian Post, missionary Kenneth Bay spent two years in a North Korean hard labor camp after authorities accused him of trying to overthrow the government. I was running a tour company to hide the fact that I was a missionary, Bay said. Through this company, I would bring people in from other countries and introduce them to locations that exemplified North Korea's natural beauty and local culture. But on my 18th trip, I mistakenly took an external hard drive with me that contained videos exposing the reality in the North. That hard drive was picked up in a security check, and I was detained as a result. North Korean authorities sentenced Bay to 15 years of hard labor. For the first few days of his detainment, Bay wasn't allowed to sleep and was forced to stay in one place for several hours. He says that though these trials were difficult, there was nothing that I would consider a a brutal violation of human rights. I didn't go through anything like torture. I comforted myself with my religion and my role as a missionary and tried to do my best each day, he adds. Bay was also not allowed much communication with the world outside the labor camp. He says, I was allowed by the state to write letters and call my family once or twice to receive help from the U.S. government, he said. But when this happened, the authorities told me that uh, this is what I was to write and say, and, and, and they made it so that I asked the U.S. government to do everything in its power and added in personal stories in these letters. Bay said that through his time of captivity, he was able to read a Bible and hymnal that he had with him. Also, the hundreds of letters he received encouraged him. Now that he has been released, he says he wants to continue ministering to North Koreans who are mostly unaware of how their government is oppressing them. Reports state that there are at least 100,000 Christians in North Korea's labor camps, many of whom face torture or even execution. Now let me go back into my uh, book that I put together years ago, Hackberry House, Volume 1, it's called, Two Years with North Korea. And I'm on story number 97. Now you can get this book and you can read it like it were, as it were, a devotional. It has about as many articles as there are days in a year. And every day you can keep in touch with North Korea that way. Number 97, Childlike Memories, Darkness in Paradise. The unusual thing about Hyuk Kang, that is the guy that wrote the book, This is Paradise, that was in 2004, is that he was only 13 when he escaped from North Korea. The childhood, he recalls, is probably not like yours or mine. The power station, and I'm quoting from his book now, the power station always switched off electricity at night plunging the city into darkness. 
As far as I can remember, when I was small, electricity cuts during the day lasted several minutes. Then they gradually became more frequent. And in around 1995, they started lasting all day. And then weeks. This meant the water wasn't being pumped. So we had to turn on the taps and hoard supplies as soon as the electricity came back on. But when the intervals were too long, we had to go and collect water from a village not far from the city. He goes on, even when everyone's resources were exhausted, the statue of Kim Il-sung continued to light up the night, even more brightly than before in some people's opinion. But no one ever kicked up a fuss on the subject. Yuk quotes Alexander Solzhenitsyn, chronicler of the Russian Gulag, in a most appropriate way. He says, someone that you have deprived of everything is no longer in your power. He's once again entirely free. So one can manipulate others by threatening loss. But when all is lost, who cares? North Koreans who get to the bottom eventually try to get out of the darkness into the marvelous light of freedom. Many even come to the dazzling light of the gospel and discover not only truth, but real truth, real liberty. Well, the next item, 98, is called um, Placing God. Uh, and I'm not, not, not going to do that one. Let's go to 99. Jasper Becker is another author you need to know. And he wrote a book um, called Rogue Regime. Uh, I want to keep sharing selections from different books that you can check out these books yourself. These are a little older, but the, again, the story hasn't changed that much. 2005, Rogue Regime. Uh, what happens, I quote from the book, when a dictator has absolute power and isolates a nation from the outside world in a nightmare of political theory stretched to madness and come to life, North Korea's Kim Jong-il made himself into a living God, surrounded by lies and flattery and beyond criticism. As over two million of his subjects starved to death, Kim Jong-il roamed between palaces, staffed by beautiful girls and stocked with expensive international delicacies. Now that's from the jacket of the book, which also describes the author, Jasper Becker, He's a man who has worked as a foreign correspondent for 20 years, including 11 years based in Beijing, written four books on that region. Reading his book, the New York Times says Becker's work is not for the faint-hearted. The facts almost defy belief. The Times Book Review in North Korea is the worst man-made catastrophe in modern history. Nicholas Eberstadt of the American Enterprise Institute says this dynastic dictatorship genuinely empowers evil. Only regime change is likely to bring a better life to the millions of ordinary North Koreans suffering. Suzanne Scholte, a Defense Forum Foundation, says Kim Jong-il is in a category of tyranny all on his own. Encouragement and appeasement only strengthen him. We must care about the slow, certain genocide of the North Korean people. As we continue learning about this rogue regime, 
let us never fail to pray about what we have learned. Learning in itself changes nothing. Question, uh, item number 100, the mandate of heaven. I don't subscribe to Confucius, but it is built into North Korean thinking that in order to found a dynasty, a certain amount of clout must be gained from heaven, whatever that means. By the same token, a king who may have earned the right and then backslides, so to speak, can hear in some untoward ways from the ancestors. Now, a bad king might be one who is arbitrary, exploitative, greedy, one who pockets the wealth of his subjects. Does that sound like anyone you've heard of? If the forefathers, heaven that is, get angry, I'm still into Confucianism here, the forces of nature can be unleashed upon the domain. Flood, famine, trouble of all sorts. Eventually the people will rebel and rise up to overthrow the tyrant. Now that sounds familiar too, minus the nationwide rebellion in North Korea. This divine right of kings, as in Europe, is also known as the mandate of heaven. For some, it is an easy way to blame a person they don't like or to exonerate themselves. However, the idea is not without precedent in Scripture. Blessed is the nation whose God is Jehovah is not just poetry, it's fact. The good kings of Israel and Judah were a blessing to their nation. The, the evil men were a curse. Look at Egypt, Babylon, Moab. Uh, the roll call actually gets pretty lengthy after a while. Uh, some say America is also being warned. And North Korea? Oh, my. Pray for revival in that land before all is lost. Those ideas came from the Idiot's Guide to Understanding North Korea. And then, uh, Article 101, Sun or Moon? Renewal. That's the word we need to bring before God. They are saying things must change and so on, but do believers feel comfortable with the alternatives? Is Sun Myung Moon or his followers in North Korea's future? Everyone who knows of Jesus in North Korea today knows of the biblical Jesus. But a false Christ will be made manifest if Moon replaces the present sun. According to one ministry, in April 2002, the Unification Church, the, the Moonies, owned Pyonghua Motors, uh, finished construction of a $55 million automobile assembly plant in Nampo, North Korea, with plans to spend up to $300 million in expansion. Who would have thought the Unification Church would be able to open up an automobile plant in North Korea, but they did it, to the amazement of all. The only non-governmental billboards in North Korea are billboards for that Pyonghua Motors. In addition, Pyonghua plans to expand its presence in North Korea by opening a department store, gas stations, automobile showrooms, and what the company describes as a world peace center 
in Pyongyang to promote cultural and educational exchanges. So the Moonies, could they replace the communists? You say that maybe this is better, a false Christ for no Christ at all. Why must North Korea choose between such evils throughout her history? Let's pray for a viable alternative, wherein the true gospel message is able to permeate all of Korean society. And how will God do this? I have no clue. But if he can permeate the world dominion of the Roman Empire, and he did, he can cover a nation the size of Indiana, pretty sure. And then our last one today, um, it's called Kim's Mom, who says, uh, I go to church to relax. I've shown you elsewhere how Kim Il-sung was actually brought up in an active Christian home and how he even became the church organist, although that's denied in some circles, of course. Slowly, he tired of Christianity and was overcome by communist philosophy. But Kim himself tells it this way in Reminiscences with the Century, Volume 1. He said, Only when my mother went to church in Sangsan did I go. She went to church, but she didn't believe in Jesus Christ. So one day, Kim says, I asked her quietly, Mother, do you go to church because you believe in God? And she smiled, shaking her head. No, I don't go to church out of some belief. What's the use of going to heaven after death? Frankly, I go to church to relax. Well, I felt pity for her and loved her all the more, the son says, the communist brutal dictator says. She often dozed off during prayers. When everyone else stood up to say amen at the end of the minister's prayer, she would wake up with a start. When she did not wake, even after the amen, I would shake her to tell her that the prayer was over. What do you think? Does that story ring true to you? Is he just making all of that up? Or do we have moms going to church today for the same reason? Or for a hundred other reasons, and dads too, and children too. Why do folks show up in the house of God today? Well, you've got the ever self-aggrandizing Kim looking down at the church in this story. And then you've got an overworked mom who goes to church to rest instead of crawling into her own bed. Hmm. And then you have Kim's own atheistic beliefs being communicated via an imaginary conversation with mom. Well, what's the use of going to heaven, she supposedly said. I would guess that this is revisionist history. I'm pretty sure that that Kim family was active and real in the church. Seems to be uh, typical, though, this revisionist history of the staple diet of the poor North Koreans, fed a bunch of lies every day. It's the reason they're in bondage and impoverished. Oh, God, arise. Deception, false teaching, false people, they lead us to be bound. Pray for the deliverance of North Korea. Amen. Amen. Hey, I've got a long series on North Korea here on my site, and North Korea updates every day. If you just click on photos, 
and then click on the album at the top there's a second one there too with about a hundred pictures we're getting close to about 200 days worth of stories just over the last year or so I forget how long it's been now since I've been doing this but it's every two or three days I go on to find a good story on a modern up-to-date story it's not always Christian persecution but it's something that's going on in North Korea today so would you go look for those pictures and then read the stories I think you're gonna be well you'll be blessed in a, in a challenging sort of way you might not go away ha ha happy but you might just hear from God that's what I am doing this for tomorrow that is Monday we'll get back to Fanny Crosby soon after that the book of Psalms is just about ready for its next question and answer session God bless you today it's always good to have you remember where we began in Psalm 83 verse 1 oh God do not remain quiet 